Hello and welcome everyone. Thank you all for joining in right now. And if you're still getting on it across social media, this is the time to join Dr. D with her tea right here for yet another invigorating conversation with an iconic leader. You know what my agenda is here, right? I really want to bring 35,000 feet conversations to 5,000 feet with some leaders who redefine leadership, especially in current times. But before I get into introducing him, allow me to thank you all for so much love and sending across amazing questions that I have had to put together. And I will try and make sure that I cover most of them. I also have a surprise in place for our special guest today. Before we get into all the gusto in the air and enthusiasm, I want to take this moment to also mention a special condolence to all the families of the brave hearts, hearts who have been lost at Nilgiri Hills. Well, being a soldier's daughter myself, I think we owe it to our country. And it was a very sad, sad uh, accident of the helicopter that happened. And we really hope that their families achieve all the strength to cope with this irreparable loss. On the other side, the last week has been super eventful. Guess what? Two Indian women, rather spectacular Indian women, have put us on the global map. Well, Sadi Punjab ki kuri, Sandhu girl, she did us proud at Miss Universe. And of course, our legend from the badminton field, PV Sindhu. All those who are following the two ladies, congratulations to all of us. And let's just keep making this society even more inclusive, push more women achievers to the fore while we put India on the global map. Talking about putting India on the global map, my dear friends. Today's guest actually highlights, or rather is the epitome of the same title. Today, I wanted to bring in, because this would be the last D show before we end the year. I wanted to bring in somebody who becomes the highlight of this season of the D show. I have none other than the very, very own here Amchi Pune person, Anand Deshpande. But before I bring him live here with us on screen, allow me to share a little bit of introduction about him. Well, he's not just an entrepreneur. Of course, we know him as the founder and chairman of Persistence Systems. But in my opinion, he is much more than an architect, or I would like to call him a revolutionary person who has brought in so many new innovations across industries. When I met him, I got to know more and more about him. And it's not just the tech industry that he's contributing to. During the course of today's conversation, we are going to know more about him, how he does it, where he gets all the strength, and why does he do it? Well, let's see what motivates him, what inspires him, and what is it that we can take away from his stories as we use the power of digital media. So once again, I'm Divya, and it is a privilege and a pleasure to welcome all of you. Thank you for all the support. Let me tell you that these opinions are completely personal, and my job here to bring out the best from the leaders who are putting us on the global map and making a difference in our society. So please, without any further ado, join me in welcoming none other than Anand Deshpande. Hi, Anand. Welcome to the show. Yes. Thanks, uh, Divya, for inviting me. You missed one important lady this week uh, that was in the news. That would be Lena Nair who was yes. the CEO of Chanel, right? So she would be another one that you would include for this week. Oh my God, that is so true. Thank you for adding that. So in recent times, which has been that one moment of pride or glory as an Indian for you? What made you so proud? No, I think it's not the big things. It's the small things that I'm really proud of. The small activities that we do where we, we have been... Uh, you know, it's clearly, you, you grow up, you're born Indian, you grow up in, in India. And you know, India is in your heart all, at all times. So it's the small things that we do when, uh, you know, we are dealing with other people globally. And it's always this Indian, whether it's Indian sabji, Indian roti, Indian dal. Simple things like that is what makes me really proud. Of course, you have the big ones, but 
it, it's every Indian who makes the difference. And I think it's these small things that matter. So very well said. Talking about small things that matter, Anand, I, I was thinking, how can I surprise you? And I wanted to make all the people who are reaching out to me as your fans to ask more about you happy. So you know what? I combined the two. And I know you're not prepared for this, but I'm going to take the liberty of a rapid fire round. Usually I do it at the end of the show, but I'm going to start with it so that we break some ice, get all our audiences and participants comfortable, and we get to know you better. Is that okay? Do I have a choice? <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started anyway. Thank you for the sporting spirit. All right, people. Well, we already are getting lots of love. Rachana Shikre saying, welcome, Anand, sir. Great to see you on this platform with Dr. Divya. Surely would be a wonderful session. Thank you, Rachana. Keep watching. We have lots more coming up. We have Vishal also welcoming us. And we have Colonel Anupam Jaitley. Well, he's my father and he always watches this show. And I'm happy that you're looking forward to the bag full of ideas. Okay, so let's get started, my dear friends, with the rapid fire. If you have any more rapid fire questions, you can put it on your chat or comment. You know me, I'm always open to ideas and I thrive on content and I'm going to make sure that we put our leader on the spot here and get lots of unfiltered ideas from him. So let's get ready, Anand. The first question for you, what do you prefer, tea or coffee? I'm starting with the simpler ones. Um, depends on the time of the day, but it's in the morning. I like coffee. And I am a big connoisseur of tea as well. Wow. Okay. Your favorite color? Um, it would be blue. Okay. Personal choice, bike or car? I do the car over the bike. If not an entrepreneur, you would have been? I would have been a professor. Interesting. I didn't know that. Operations or strategy? I'm not the operating guy. I'm more a strategy or a thinking technical guy. Wow. What would you watch on TV when you have some time? Netflix, news or sports? I watch sports or documentaries. I like so cooking. Oh, you love cooking shows? I didn't yes. know that about you. Okay. Do you cook? Yes, I do, but not very often. Okay. And who is Let your... I don't cook... Uh, I do, I can cook and I'm very innovative when I'm in the kitchen. That's interesting. And what about uh, cooking stories? Do you cook stories as well? <laughs> On a lighter note? Well, surely. It's all about stories. <laughs> First, uh, one has to make them up. Truly. Your favorite sports star since you mentioned about sports. So I like Roger Federer. Over Nadal? Yes. Wow, that's nice. Another leader who you admire, Anand? Actually, there is just too many of them, you know, but uh, yeah, so there's a lot of those who I admire and I look at them at different things uh, in the context of different specific ideas or if I'm looking at a business leader, it would be someone different. Uh, I, I also admire what the prime minister is doing. So he would be one leader as well. And yeah, many... I deal with a lot of business people, so I admire several of them. Several of them? Okay. So the most inspiring book that you have read in all times? I, I, that's a hard one to ask. I read a lot of books. Um, okay. But, you know, so I'll tell you my favorite, one of my favorite business authors, and I sure. like a lot of books. I, I'm a big fan of Ram Charan and his books. Wow. And, that's good. Uh, yeah, so I like some of his books and I, I like the way he writes these books. I also am a big fan of, uh, I like some of the Ben Horowitz books. I am a big fan of Jim Collins and his books. I also love uh, reading, uh, you know, many other people right now. I'm reading Adam Grant quite a bit. I've been reading Tim Harris. So, so I read a lot of different kinds of authors at the moment. But yeah, I mean, if we have to pick one guy who has influenced what I think, how I have thought through in the early years, I would link, include Ram Charan in that list. Very unusual and unconventional choice, but that is very interesting. Thank you for sharing. So I'll tell you why. One particular yes. book that I recommend to everyone, which is from Ram Charan, which got me really hooked on his style of writing. And this is a book that says what every CEO wants you to know. All right. Okay. And uh, this book is about how to manage cash flow. 
and wow. uh, it's a very simple book it's a simple meaning it's a small book it's a few hundred pages you can read it on a plane two hours you can read the book end to end but it's beautiful i love the way he explained these hard concepts in simple language and that's what sort of inspires me so how do you write uh, complex things in very simple terms and give examples and stories through them and when i was starting to run persistent early years i was i'm a techie by training i'm not really a mba or a business guy so for me uh, this was a really good book for me to get a hang of what is the most important thing in business and that is to manage cash flows interesting i think i'm going to buy that next one and make sure i read it through and then we can have a discussion over coffee or tea okay two more questions left live in india or live in us i live in india i i would live in india at any day any time at any when was your last lazy day oh that was not too far me let's say last weekend i was we had a very lazy sunday I, i'm looking forward to another one tomorrow Okay great so all your viewers if we think that leaders like anand they don't have lazy days well they do i had a few youngsters in the professional world <laughs> reach out to me man do we have to wear you know work 25 hours a day i said there are only 24 hours how can you work one hour extra and everything cannot be done yesterday so see break and reset and rejuvenation is important for all the leaders it doesn't matter where so I have one more question for a startup founder is vision statement more important or mission statement it's actually customers the statements wow. don't mean anything unless you have a customer so if Absolutely. you're doing a business you need a customer first and the customer doesn't read your mission or vision statement he looks at what is your value what is the value you're providing and that's the key uh, vision and mission statements can come later thank you for sharing that and reaffirming why customers are important okay two more on on the spot we got them from our audiences this is coming in from vishal methi on linkedin he's saying your favorite food so i'm a i like dahi bhat actually okay so i'm a and type of a guy i love that that's my favorite food in in some sense and he also wants to know your favorite inspiring quote do you have a quotation that you live by just be persistent amazing amazing so full marks very honest and candid answers thank you so much a lot of leaders get you know flabbergasted when i put them on the spot but this is a beautiful opening we've got to know you better anand and now since you spoke about values my first request to you is that why are words like values networking and learning so overused and overabused in the industries and what do they mean can we integrate them all so a lot of questions there <clears throat> but why are they overused it's because of the consultants the consultants love to use those words and uh, <laughs> the reason why they get uh, you know overused and overhyped the reality is that um, again and let me sort of separate these out Uh, when i mentioned customer and value that was different from values so when you are working with customer you are providing customer a value you are providing him value that makes it compelling for the customer to buy what needs to happen so that's the relationship and that's very important in terms of values that is what an individual or a company lives by and those are values or value systems that you might have which would be your core values or however you want to call it those are principles that help you survive the tough times and other times when there are lots of other people in the business when you want to know what are those things that you would never compromise and that is values so that's how that's why they are important and it's important to think about these talk about them articulate them let the company know people know culture is built off of these values so the values are kind of very important for running the business and these are not to be negotiated at any time under any condition so these last quote unquote forever I meaning you can always sort of review and say okay in my priority list that i want to put on the top there may be something else that comes up depending on the context in which i am in but the values are your core values that don't change forever now when it comes to purpose that is another very important term that gets used a lot and people kind of miss out on it purpose is what drives the business or an individual to their own mission or their goals 
so that is sort of where uh, you know a lot of time needs to be spent in thinking through what is the purpose that the business has and what an individual has and i want to sort of separate this out and this i sort of want to mention this specifically and call it out because a lot of people kind of mix up on this thing see the business and the individual especially the founder are two different entities and one should not combine them so what may be right for the business is right for the business as a founder or whatever you may be in the company you are an employee of the company so you work for the company you are not the company so you have to have the company has its value system and companies behave like people or living things in many ways so yes companies have a purpose value and all of those things but as an individual you may have your own value systems of course if they align life is better but if they don't you still know what the disconnects are often the lines get blurry a little bit so is no, there something not. they should they not should but not. what is what is that one thing that we all leaders should do to make sure that we understand the the difference is there some tool some technique some meditation what should we do on a daily basis no no i i think this is not that difficult a concept you don't need any fancy stuff to do this i think it's an understanding that when you look at a business there is a business and you as the founder of the business are part of that business so you are responsible for the good of the business and it's important to separate you as an individual from the company and they should not be merged because if you start to think about you as the company then you get into all kinds of complexities and you have to understand that you work for the company and because you work for the company you have to do what is right for the company and not necessarily right for you all the time so that helps you in deciding what you what is how, how do you run your business because the business is a separate entity from you and when you start merging that it becomes complicated and this has to be followed through on every level whether it is bills finance money all those things your money is different from the company's money so let me ask a so let me ask a follow up that is it that that the networking that we do is as for the business is it for the business or is it in a personal leadership capacity because again there the lines get blurry no i think uh, individuals work with other individuals individuals work for companies but individuals work with other individuals so when you're networking you are not networking between companies that doesn't make sense you network between individuals and individuals are representing companies at different points of time and they may represent different companies in their life stage as well but when i'm as an individual i'm networking with people i'm networking with the with me as an individual and i network with other people who are also individuals in their own personal capacity and right. those individuals are working for the company at the period of when you are doing what you need to do within that context of the company now if i am an employee of the company it is my responsibility or if i'm the chairman or ceo or whatever else it's my responsibility to take care of leverage my network for the benefit of my company but right. it's my network the company doesn't really have those kinds of networking capabilities it's the Beautiful. people of the company that have that networking very well said so we have smita kelkar and she's been wanting to ask this question your values have inspired her and there is a question from her what kind of a leader would you hire no so see again uh, so again a very nuanced question okay it's kind of hard to say what kind of leader you would hire it depends on the context in which you are trying to do but let me sort of go back to the things that i mentioned right so you want to make sure that you are hiring someone where the value systems that you have defined for the company align with the person you are hiring in some sense if you have conflict of values between the company and the person you are hiring then you are going to have major issues and by and large you would want these value systems to be consistent amongst all employees or at least the senior leadership of the company so having alignment on values is non negotiable must 100% happen the next thing is that you know as i mentioned the company has a purpose so i'm trying to achieve certain goals or certain kinds of purpose in 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 a certain number of years or whatever else so at that point you want to get someone who is going to be in the leadership position who is aligned with that purpose and go counter to it so you don't want someone who is going to be uh, conflicting with the purpose that that the company has so those are the two major things that you would look at 
of course you want to get someone who has the right capabilities for doing the job those are the skills that are necessary but i think those are all um, you know one would know what needs to be done on it but you definitely want to not compromise on the value system so you know you don't want to hire someone who is not aligned with the value system that you have for yourself and for the company those are absolutely non compromisable and as part of the value system at persistent or various other places i think respect for other people is an equally important value system that we follow right so you want to sort of treat other people like you would treat you would want to be treated yourself in some form or the other so if that is what you want you want to get someone who who believes and aligns to those kinds of things as well so you don't want to get you don't want to get a jerk in the system just because you know whatever he may have be capable but if the values of the company the culture and the ethos are sort of aligned in a certain way when you get a new leader you want to make sure there is alignment of those basic value systems in the between the individual that you are hiring and the company and the rest of the ethos of the company so let me start drawing parallels to when we hire let's say at persistent systems to when we invest and support and mentor and advise startups i know through your foundation especially diastra foundation you've been helping a lot of startups at two levels and why don't you tell us then are these value alignment patterns the same that you look out for when you start associating or investing in a startup no so let me let me sort of clarify this um two parts here personally right my mission at the moment is not aligned is not so much about helping one company at a time i am really focused on making an ecosystem impact okay so i'm not in deasra foundation as well i'm not trying to sort of help one business and see how they are successful or invest in one business so i'm not trying to put my time to one business at a time because at this stage of my life i would like to see broader and wider impact over classes of companies meaning large number of companies large number of individuals rather than any one individual in it so right now i talk about these value systems but i don't necessarily i'm not intimate with one single company or one company at a time or any of those kinds of things so it's not that particular question is very different for me at the moment so meaning these companies so we have 140000 businesses that we are we have been working with in the deasra context i don't necessarily worry about what their value systems are or any of those kinds of things of course we tell them what our value systems are and what we want them to think about but it's their business they have to make their own call what we do is what our objective is to make sure that these small businesses don't fail okay so okay. very small businesses have many challenges and if you are running a very small business you would realize that you know there are many places where you could go wrong and what we are trying to do with the asra foundation is to ensure that you don't fail and we want to create systems and processes and give you all the things that you would naturally expect in a very large company but a small business doesn't have those how do you benchmark how do you get cash flows how do you manage your money how do you do marketing how do you go online so those are the kinds of things that we put together for small businesses as part of the deasra foundation thank you for sharing that in fact smita is happy and she is saying great answer aligned with purpose and values with a mix of right capabilities and value system is utmost important thank you for that we have another question coming in i still haven't reached the pre submitted questions but i'm going to try my best this is from santosh kumar why is cash flow management important to a business than profitability see the thing is if you don't have cash you are dead basically there is no business if you don't have cash in this so clearly you know cash flow becomes the key once you run out of cash your business is gone profitability is an accounting uh, concept you know so it's a little different in the sense that you have to worry about profitability in a very different way of course you want to be profitable but at the end of it uh, survival in a business depends on the cash that you have in the business and how you turn the cash around I mean how fast can you you know move the move the cash around it's it's right. about turn as they call it turn sure thank you for answering that so well anand uh vishal is asking you why individual and organizational values may differ why does it happen why do they differ and do we have to as as uh, your professionals constantly align realign or is okay to have difference of values see again you know um 
companies will have a value system that they will typically publish as their core values and uh, there is a certain culture that supports and demonstrates that those core values and values that are there for the organization now every individual will have his own value system and if they want to fit in the company and do well and survive and work with the rest of the team then their alignment with the value system as far as the work part of their business is concerned you know that's important you know it's good for them good for everyone that said you know uh, you know they may have some value systems that may be different but you know i think by and large nobody has wicked values in their value system that they will they are going to say anyway right? so you know yeah. i think why so <laughs> different right meaning it's like yeah we want to do good right so it's not like people want to outright that we don't want to do good we want to be evil that can't be your <laughs> right? I mean, if it is that then you shouldn't work in a company that doesn't believe in that but beyond that yeah i mean you can have some other specific things that you care about or whatever that that may be fine as long as they don't conflict with the organizational values you may be fine with it right you know very often this from personal experience um, when my mentors they are training employees across organizations especially small mid-sized it companies and they all start submitting that listen it is the organization's duty to align us for the values and the stakeholders and the management team always tells me divya they need to have a certain benchmarks or value patterns that they need no. to make the effort to align so it's no no i don't agree with that at all actually i believe let me say this again and i i have run in people don't agree with me on all this stuff but i believe that every individual is responsible for themselves okay they are responsible okay. for their own career they are responsible for their own value systems and it's their life and they control it nobody else can tell them what that should so if i if i believe in certain things I, i cannot i am not going to be the company cannot convert you to say no 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 you must believe in this because that's what our belief is every individual needs to have what what uh, they are responsible for their own life they are responsible for their own career they are responsible for what their values and beliefs are important thing to note that you know every action has consequences so if you if you kind of go around and start creating uh, conflicts then you will suffer great great i think that is your part price. of personal leadership the company yes. cannot mandate that you should have these values or this is what you must do or whatever it's your it's your life at the end of it and this is true and for career people, i also believe that it's not the company's responsibility to manage your career excellent so it is the prerogative is on upon us and to yes. us alone and the power is with us whether we want to align values or whether we don't want to and whether we want to be self motivated or not vishwas is asking you what is the impact of work from home concept to the business how the workspace is evolving post covid um you know i think this is going to be a very uh, difficult question in terms of what might happen and here again i say that every individual might deal with this very differently so as an organization i think uh, people are going to be sort of working in models where you will have the opportunity to be hybrid in many ways and work from anywhere might be the concept that might go on how to run a business using these concepts is not easy and everyone will have to learn how to do that as a company that said i think it's sort of not fair to say that everyone wants to only work from home and neither is it fair to say that everyone wants to come to work all the time so i think some of these <clears throat> things will evolve some people will find it easier to work from home for some days and otherwise so i think the jury is not out as an organization or as an employer <clears throat> we are trying to figure out what this might look like what would that hybrid look like where would this fit in and and little bit further along i believe that you know we may be heading into a gig economy where uh more and more industries are going to look at individuals as gig workers and again every individual who is part of the gig economy will be responsible for their own life and their own career and they have to learn how to manage their own life okay <coughs> please please uh, have some water let me just also refer to the many questions that have been pre submitted so before i come back to the live questions i know i have limited time with anand but i'm going to try and do justice to all of them uh, it's a very interesting question so uday asked you uday nagpure what extra have you done to reach such a position how would you summarize that anand 
No, so I I say you know um, I've been very persistent in terms of what I've done in life as well, and I I understand my limitations, right? And I focus on what I do well, and let other people do things I don't do very well. Wow! So understanding limitations is key. Yes, I mean you can't be good at everything. There are certain things I'm good at, and where I'm good at them, I know I'm good. I'm good at certain things, and I know as an organization. or as a set of individuals it's team effort other people in the team have to contribute to their own things i understand my weaknesses and i understand i'm not good at everything and there are other people in the team who need to make up for it and it's a team that makes the winner so it's not me individually trying to do some things and i i i do my part but uh, i also understand that i don't have to be everything to everyone right right and that is very humble of you anand i must say Chandan Joshi is asking how to get the employees to understand the importance of the company's value system and follow it. We struggle for same with our hundred plus team. Oh my God! Okay, he's in health, but I know we've addressed about values a lot. But probably this could be a summary before we move to the next topic. So yeah. So very quickly, the company's values are by what you do and not what you write. Okay. so it's a function of how you behave and how you deal with things and it's the corner cases that demonstrate the value systems of the company so when you have an exception how you handle exceptions in the context of the value in the value systems that you have that is what determines really what your value system is so it's not about what you put on the board and what you have written on the walls it's about how you behave so if you behave where you demonstrate that the leadership and everything that you do in the company on a day to day basis is consistent with the value system you support those who align to your values but more importantly for those people who violate your value systems you are very clear about taking action on it so that is what makes other people realize that this is really what i need to do and it's a it's a thing you have to imbibe in the individual so it doesn't happen just because you have some boards written on it that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> Thank you for emphasizing that. I'm going to bring in a question from Colonel Bharat Haladi. He's an ex-CHRO, and uh, he has submitted that as the founder of Persistent Systems, how easy or difficult was it for you to disengage from controlling day-to-day -day business matters and to leave it to the people you have appointed to run the show? No, it was hard, but uh, you know, I had uh, been thinking about it for a long time. so for the last 2 years so let's say 2 years before the last 2 years i have not been ceo i have a ceo who joined uh, i think in 19 so it's about 2 years and a little bit more and i have moved off doing that ceo job and i understand that this needs to be done i spoke to a lot of people before that transition for almost 2 years i was thinking through this quite a bit and uh, i'm very comfortable with the fact that i'm not running the day to day stuff and there's a team that does it and i don't interfere a whole lot I still am chairman. I'm as a in India at least as a promoter. You have to kind of be involved, and you cannot. You have the fiduciary responsibility still lie with the promoter. So I'm not completely out of that, but I'm very much uh, clear about what needs to be done. One other very important aspect of of sort of moving on is to move to something else. Unless you have something else going on, you wouldn't be able to move on. So that was one important thing. that i had been thinking about is saying that okay if i'm not spending my time being the ceo of persistent i should have other things i'm doing so that you know i don't feel like i have a vacuum of things to do because if i had yeah. that then it would go interfere in somebody else's job right so that's sort of why this is important on a lighter note i mean how much interference do you do in the homely matters now that we all are working from home or do you work a lot how many hours a day are you putting in no i work a lot and uh, i don't interfere too much on uh, home matters and i think uh, we have a pretty good understanding of you know what matters i'm responsible for and things like that things like that how is entrepreneurship looking up in 2022 can you just touch upon few highlights So now I think uh, people are all excited. There has been uh, so I'd say in 2020, 2021, in the last two years, we have seen immense success stories amongst entrepreneurs in India, especially in the last uh, you know I'd say 24 months. 
the number of companies that have be, become unicorns, the startup India discussion that people have talked about, uh, various other things that are going on that have really made it very interesting and people are now starting to see the importance of uh, becoming entrepreneur and the entrepreneurship bandwagon in some sense has become very important. And so looking ahead at 22, I think a lot of people were hesitating in the past because they weren't sure if this is going to result into something meaningful. But I think now we have enough success stories. So people are now ready to sort of jump on this in a big way. So I'm really excited. Then I, I somehow believe that, you know, so, so let me say this in the following way. Every time I talk to any young students or anybody else, I always tell them that, you know, hey, you guys, I'm talking to you are very privileged. You are the, really the bright cream of the world and whatever, whatever else. And it's not, you should not be the ones sucking jobs out of the market. You should be the ones creating jobs. And I think right. it's everyone's responsibility that we should be creating jobs because there are enough people who are not as privileged as us. And we really need us privileged ones. We should be the ones creating jobs rather than sucking jobs out of the system. So Anand, I'm curious to know, and I've been wondering that, do you have any dreams to achieve left in a professional space? Of course, uh, you know, it's you're never done, right? So, no, no. So I'm, I have a lot of different ideas that I'm working on right now. But my main objective in the next, so the way I see it is that I spent 30 years just doing one thing that was persistent. Now I'm thinking of the next 30 years in some sense of saying that how do I make impact so that there can be many such things that can be done. So it's not just one thing at a time. Now I'm looking broader. For 30 years, I was very centrally, very focused on just one thing, and I wasn't doing many other things. But now I'm, I have flipped the switch in some sense, and I'm thinking, how do I make broader and wider impact across certain things that I believe in? And I have uh, identified a small set of things that I'm working on. But yes, I am looking at, you know, how to sort of, you have to keep doing things. And I'm, I, I like to sort of push the envelope and to, to be an ex, to excel in certain areas that I'm, working on. So I, I spend my time, I think, through these things. And I, I don't just show well, up. I, I show up with a purpose. You know, I whenever I have uh, in the past looked at you, I've looked at you as a data guru. You're a leader in data science, in my opinion. And uh, that technical contribution, you're you're mixing it very well in concepts such as healthcare. You're doing something in, you know, cancer, um, uh, you know, research. You, you've also done something in gems and jewelry. And you're already strengthening the entrepreneurship uh, ecosystem with your foundations. You're doing a lot of social impact. What is it that you're most passionate about? Like, what is it that has touched your heart? No, so the number one thing that I'm really focused on is, see, if you look at from where we are sitting in India right now, we have uh, a young population. So 650% of our population is below the age of 30, 25 to 28 years old. So we have 1.3 billion people, 650 million are below 25. Very easily at every age, we have 25 million people. 18 million of them every year are going to ask for jobs. We need so many jobs to happen. And there is no way uh, automation and everything else that I can see is going to reduce jobs in organized and large sectors. So everyone needs to find a way to become self-employed and be an entrepreneur. That's my mission. So that's my overall goal in terms of what I'm, one thing that if I'm focused on, I'm focused on creating entrepreneurs and helping making sure everyone is creating more and more jobs and not sucking jobs out of the system. Because we need 18 million jobs, unless we create job creators and encourage them, we are not going to succeed as a country. So that's the one single thing that I'm really focused on. And I believe that we don't do very well in supporting these entrepreneurs. Okay, so how can we do it? I mean, do we do we have to be a leader or an owner or a founder of a company to support entrepreneurs? Or can no, all of us who are watching I, the show do no, a bit? No, I think everybody can do their bit. So, so let me start by saying that the kinds of entrepreneurs that I'm supporting personally at the moment through the Asra Foundation are those which are companies which run between 1 and 10 employees, so really small ones. And the reason is that there are enough people who think about the larger ones. So the startups and all that, there's a lot of buzz around it. But this group is what we think is the invisible middle. Nobody cares enough about them. So there's these small businesses that suffer. We call them nano-entrepreneurs in some sense. They're really, really tiny. They're right. below the SME range. And uh, I believe that if everyone wants to help them, they should buy from them. So 
when you are buying your shopping whatever else go to small entrepreneurs help those small you know small kirana fellow or the small beauty salon or whatever else those are the guys who are making their jobs and making a living and if you can help them by buying from them i think that's what right. everybody can do but what i'm what i'm sort of see if you try to look at these small businesses getting credit for them is extremely difficult banks prefer to give even smes they can go up to 250 crores so banks would prefer to give loans to a 100 crore company 200 crore company how would a 50 lakh company 1 lakh 1 crore company get loans so, so there's a lot of issues of that kind that i'm focused on right now and i'm that's what my mission is on the asra foundation at the moment fantastic talking about issues we had dr rajna pre submit a question she's curious to understand persistent stand on that great resignation also currently trending news of zoom laying off 900 people on air at one go the approach no, the need no no zoom did not lay off those people there was another company i think better.com that laid off the ceo that laid off to lay off 900 people and he did it on zoom in one shot it was kind of crude no, so, so we've we've heard this as a leader she's asking you that what sort of an approach could there have been because it's not just happening this year it happened last year as well with some of the big global companies and organizations what is what is your view see it's a supply and demand situation right now there is a lot of demand in the market so jobs and employees have a good time and it's an employee friendly market in that sense at the moment so this is going to happen and people are going to migrate to those companies that um, you know provide them what they are looking for so typically what we are thinking is okay how do we remain competitive in terms of salaries and payments how do we remain uh, how do we create that better value beyond just the specific job and try to motivate to motivate people to say that you would come to work for the purpose and the mission and you want to be part and associated with other people who are like you and who are as good as you and all of those kinds of things so we are trying to appeal to all of those ideas that would help employees to stay and go on and we've been around for 31 years now and we believe that we are a good company and we believe that people who work and sort of work with us over the years have benefited in the long term so that's what we are focusing on but that said you know as i've said this before i think every individual is responsible for their own life and their own career and i know people make will make good decisions and a good number of them will come in our favor anand before um, as we are nearing to the end of the show i want to know from you one story where you had to face a face a very challenging time it could be from any phase of your career where we you just narrate the story and we'll all have our own takeaways from it <laughs> no so there are there are lots of these stories i don't know which one should i start with but okay uh, so i can tell you an early story very early on because that may be appropriate to a lot of the small companies that are working here and some of them on the show so i'd say that in so we started the business in 91 the early years were very difficult in many different ways but i'm going to share with you one customer story and um, and how that transformed come persistent in a big way so what happened was this would be i would say 92 or so we've been in business for 6 months we had two customers who we had who were our first two customers clearly we were a very small company there were 6 to 8 people at that time and we realized that you know we had to focus on these two companies because we had to deliver unfortunately what happened was one of them the funding got delayed a little bit and the other company was not doing that great and their market was sort of not doing very well so i had a risk that i might lose one or two or both of those customers and we are 6 months into the business and you know it was like very tricky and very challenging in some sense so i had this sort of thing that okay i could go find some business from somewhere and then i was starting to knock doors all over the place and uh, so this so here's where you know this comes up so one thing was uh, i started writing to a lot of people i visited many many people and i wrote to a friend as well most of these were friends so i got some good leads but what happened which was really valuable was that i was able to find a friend who was working at microsoft at that time and i was able to find a small project which they you know she sort of I dug around she told me certain things i went to her, her manager convinced him that i could do this particular project and we were able to get a small project from microsoft in 92 okay they have been our customer ever since now 92 when i got the project we were a 10 people company microsoft was already a fairly large company so this is an important thing that you know if you have a value proposition that is appropriate and you are able to make that happen 
uh, even a large company would not hesitate to work with a small business. So that was one learning that I got from them. The second one was that, you know, if you're persistent and you knock enough doors, sometimes these doors, which might seem kind of implausible in some sense, can open up and you have to keep at it. I do remember reading, writing to several hundred people at that time just to make sure that, you know, they know about us. And many of those people may not have given us business at that time, but eventually they did. Okay. So it's again, one of those things where you have to be very persistent. You have to diligently do it and you never know where things happen, but there is, I believe that, you know, in destiny and how things happen and how, you know, things happen for the better. And, and if you try hard enough, the right kinds of doors open for you. So, um, and I have had many such stories when it seems desperate and it seems like it's not going to go anywhere, but somewhere, you know, a friend you have interacted with in the past just opens a door that you never thought could have been opened. So, so before we part, what is learning for you? What, how do you define learning? Oh, you are a consultant. <laughs> You're asking me. <laughs> If You've I already banned, banned the consultants in the initial no, conversation. No, no, so learning is, is you know, if I know something more today than I didn't know yesterday, that's learning, right? So it's a daily thing. If I'm, if I, every day you should say, okay, what do I know today that I did not know yesterday? And if I've learned something, the delta that I've had between what I didn't know yesterday to today is my learning. And how do I make sure I can keep with that? Meaning I should not be something that I learned today, but I don't remember tomorrow, right? So those are the kinds of things that I really focus on. And I ask this question to myself and to many other people. <clears throat> so what is it that I do today that I that someone five years younger or me five years younger would not be able to do, right? So what have the last five years done for me that I'm a, in a better spot today than I was five years back? And you should be able to answer that question. If you can't answer that question, you haven't learned enough in the last five years, right? So everyone needs to continuously be learning. And of course, you can't say what I learned yesterday to today. That's much harder to do. But when you look at it, say, last, what did I learn in the last one year? What did I learn in the last five years? There are things you learn all the time. And you have to remember what you're learning. And you have to do it deliberately. Excellent. <coughs> so you know, we got a question on AI and data. And this is right up your alley. So Nitin Manik is asking, could you comment on the importance of AI as an emerging technology, especially for data science? Well, I know you're doing a lot in the space of AI. Maybe you can give it from a perspective of what you are doing. No, so again, you know, AI has become mainstream now, and I think everything is going to have AI in very much, uh, very much in every every aspect of thing. And I think everyone needs to think about machine learning, AI, and data science as an important part of what might be important. So I think uh, you know, AI is going to be all pervasive. AI is going to help better make better decisions. AI is also going to automate and simplify and things, things and processes are going to become very different. And that is going to create a new set of challenges and opportunities. So I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone should be thinking about AI in, in many different ways. Fantastic. We are receiving a lot of feedback and validation, Anand. Dolly Seth is saying very profound insights and Vishal is saying, well said, sir, persistence is reinforced learning today for us. Uh, thank you for sharing this perspective. If you had to, Anand, give an advice to a 25-year-old Anand, what would it be as of today? No, so I tell everyone at that age, and I say I have been working on this whole thing that I call managing your career. And my advice to young people in, the, in their 20s is to focus on two things. One is learning and more importantly, learning to learn because something you want to do all your life and networking. Okay. These are two things that are most critical for someone in the early 20s. And uh, the reason I say that this is, these are important in the early 20s is because if you don't learn how to do this in your early 20s, you will not be able to do it later. So okay. the first 10 years of your career, so if I'm if you're talking to a 20 year old, 25 year old, you should learn as many different things as you can and that should be your single focus and that learning need not be just one area or one specific thing it needs to be everything that you can get your hands on whether it's sports whether it's arts or hobbies or whatever else because it's much easier to pick those up in your early 20s than when you say oh i'm going to go learn painting at 60 that doesn't happen that easily right so so when you are in your early stages of your career you should be very open to ideas you should go you know take advantage of your youth and be everywhere 
learn everything that you can, interact with as many people as you can, and keep accumulating and assimilating things so that you know you are a wiser and a better person when you look ahead. Well, Anand, it's been a learning experience for me, and I'm sure all the participants have benefited. Uh, your parting thoughts with us? No, I I think you're doing great work, so I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> Uh, I think um, we all uh, must share with each other. I'm at that stage in my life where I'm saying that you know, I've been on, in a profession for the last 30 years. I look at what I should be doing to give back. And this is a great opportunity for me to share ideas with us. And, you know, I'd love to, uh, you know, come back some other time as well. So I think uh, this has been a great uh, hour for me and I've learned some things as well. And thanks for inviting me. It would uh, be a pleasure to have you back. Yes. Uh, all I say is, don't don't give up. Just keep doing. You know, if you keep doing things, think through what you're doing, and keep doing things. I think good things happen. Well, that is very encouraging um, and supportive. And I would love to have you back in the new year with new insights because I know you're doing many things. And today we had so many questions, but there's only some limited time that we can address all of it. While while we are ending the show, we are getting new people. Neeta C is asking, what will future scenario of IT industry be? So, oh my God, that is going to be one long discussion, Neeta. We're nearing that. <laughs> Do you have a two-word answer or a one-sentence answer for this? No, it's just bright. That's all I'd say. It's bright. Fantastic. Rachna is saying, excellent conversation. Thank you. And Bharat Haladi is also validating a very interesting session. Nitin is happy with one very interesting session. Anand, it's been a privilege to speak with you. Thank you so much. And this show is going to be watched again and again by far and wide professionals across the industry and across social media platforms. I'll keep you updated. And I wish you Merry Christmas, a very happy new year, and look forward to e-meeting you again in 2022. Sure. Thanks a lot for inviting me. And yes, uh, wish all the viewers and all your, wish you as well, um, very happy holidays. Thank you. Bye. Have a good weekend. Thank you, everyone, for being with us here. Thank you for your support. Well, Omicron is on the rise, so don't be a COVID dude. Stay safe. Take care of your loved ones and family. And always come back to me if you want some meaningful inspiration content, because I'm going to bring you some leaders which are going to impact your lives, your mindset, and inspire to be the better version of yourself. This is what we always say at the Advanced Learning Institute. So keep learning, keep networking, keep growing, and keep inspiring. You don't have to be an iconic leader to inspire. You can make an impact on one person in your family, in your professional life, and do that. Take that initiative today. Make an interesting conversation where you make difficult conversation easy. Bring it down. Don't become complex. It needn't be rocket science. Well, take care. A very, very happy new year in advance. And I will see you in January with another interesting leader from another industry. Thank you. Cheers.